Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So I think the Lightning are reminding everybody that they're not ready to give up the cup just yet. Uh, they take a 2-0 lead in their first-round series at Florida. Stamkos uh, with the first goal, Andre Palat uh, in the first period, empty netter by Yanni Gord. But this one, Stevie, it was interesting because, you know, game one, I mean, it was a wild and woolly affair, 5-4, to four, up and down the ice, uh, lots of fights, all that. Both teams kind of calmed down with the extracurricular chokeholds and things like that. But um, the Lightning got the lead, and they, they kind of just showed what they did a year ago. If they're up on you, they're going to choke you out when they need to. Well, there's a reason the Lightning had, what, a perfect record this season when leading after two periods. And yeah. then, you know, not even an overtime loss or a shootout loss. Wow. Um, you know, perfect record. They know how to lock it down. Um, you know, Florida push, definitely. I thought the Lightning first period was phenomenal. Um, yeah. They could have been up a lot more if they shot more often. Yeah. Um, as you and I were talking beforehand, I'm still at Amelie Arena as we record this. Mm-hmm. Shoot the puck. Was all Phil kept saying. Oh man, and a few other things too. Yes, he was wearing it out. Um, They had some glorious rush chances that they tried to pass into the net, and and and, but actually Stamkos did pass one into the net. So he um, did. You know, he passed it over to Kalorn and it went off uh, uh, Strawman's skate instead and went in the net. But right. But I I thought, yeah. I mean, first of all, the the physicality. I mean, it, it was a physical game, but the extracurricular stuff wasn't there. I mean, Sam Bennett gets suspended for a game. But he takes that penalty in the third period for Florida, and that gives up the game-tying goal. And then Braden Point gets the, the game winner with 74 seconds to go. Some of that extracurricular stuff costs that their, their team the game. I mean, the Lightning went three for four on the power play in game one. Right. You can't keep taking penalties if the team's going to be that hot on the power play. Now, they didn't get a power play goal tonight, but the power play was still effective. And it was a lot of zone time and created some momentum. And they had some good looks. Uh, didn't convert tonight, but you know that I think Florida learned that you know. Look, they're a young team; uh, they got veterans. But I mean, as a team in this, the Lightning are an experienced team that has been through just about everything you can imagine, from a, a Cup final back in '15 to losing twice in Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Final since then, yeah. missing the playoffs one year, getting 62 wins and getting swept out in the first getting round, mm-hmm. and then going to a bubble and winning it all. Right. There's not much you can throw at this team that they haven't seen or experienced. Yeah. And and you saw that in game one when they gave up the two early goals in the third period when all of a sudden the the 3-2 lead went down to a 4-3 deficit. They didn't panic. Right. You know, they they know that the game's far from over. Just keep doing what we do. The process over the outcome. They always talk about that. John Cooper does mm-hmm. and you hear the players talk about that. And, and so I think the Panthers in game one, and Joel Quenville talked about it, is we have to learn how to win tight games. And, and, and yeah. playoff games are different. It's different than the regular season. And, you know, they took some bad penalties, and that cost them that game in game one. So in game two, they made a concerted effort not to do some of that stuff. And, and, and the Lightning getting an early lead, I think, really took the crowd out of the game for, until they got, until they got the, the goal in the second period. The crowd was pretty subdued 
at once right. they, once they had the the, the 1-0 lead and then went to 2-0 of course and i think that helped cuz once you saw florida get that goal then they started being more physical again and there wasn't as much extracurricular stuff but mm-hmm. um i thought they you know that that kind of pushed them a little bit but you can see their inexperience in the playoffs and, and, you know i mean they're they're a hell of a team and and you know this series is far from over although it's tough to win four out of five. Well, yeah. But, I mean, I was going to say the math. The math is not in Florida's favor. I mean, had mm-hmm. they, you know, the Lightning had done their job getting one down there, but um, they could, of course, get right back in the series if they win, you know, a game at Emily. But mm-hmm. to win four out of five, I think you're right. I think the difference in and 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 you know, it was funny because at the end of the year we saw those final two games. So many guys were hurt. Um, Florida, you know, dominated what was on the ice for the Lightning. Um, but but it's winning time now. You I mean these guys? I think you hit it on the head. They're so experienced. Florida hadn't been in the playoffs in in, in a minute, and even though they're very talented, um, you know when when it got to be two to one, you saw the poise of the Lightning. You know uh, the crowd was on into it. It it, it could have gotten away from them right there, and yet mm-hmm. they they were just defensively. I mean, you know, guys like McDonough was oh, phenomenal. He was great um, blocking shots. You know, the other night he had had the block and then the presence of mind to have the long pass that led to a goal uh, for Braden Point, but. Um, he he was terrific. Uh, so many guys on defense, you know, stood up big, and and it just shows that they've got you know they've got the numbers back there. You know, they they can be sound when they want to be. And Vasilevsky, to his credit, he also had to stop some rushes himself. Mm-hmm. He's been doing this now for years, but you know they they did you know require him to come up with some really big saves even down the stretch. And of course, they get the empty netter by Yanni Gord, which puts it away. Um, but but this this was the classic, you know, games that we saw last year during the Stanley Cup run. Um, you know, get the lead. Um, if you're behind, keep pressing, and then when they get it, they're just not giving anything easy. You know, and and to that to that end, I mean, they had to kill some penalties down the stretch too. They were they, they were zero for three on the power play. Florida was. So, you know, again, guys like McDonough diving in front of pucks, I mean, he gives up his body so much uh, that, you know, that, that guy is just invaluable. So I thought, I thought it was, you know, like you said, great first period. Not, not, I mean, they had, I thought they had way too much zone time for Florida in the second period, even in the third. But in the third, you knew what they were doing. They were making them go 200 feet every time they could. Mm-hmm. No, I thought the penalty kill was key tonight. And I thought Andre Vasilevsky was too. I mean, yeah, yes. You know, I I don't think he played bad in game one. Even no. though he gave up four goals. I mean, you know, which one of those would you like him to to stop? Right. right. Um, you know, I mean, he might tell you one or two of them he should have. He but still made some spectacular saves abso- in, in game one. Absolutely, but in game two, I thought he was fantastic. And, and, and the penalty kill in front of him uh, did a tremendous job. Um, I mean, you know, Florida had the p- power play, but they didn't get a ton of chances off of it. Right, like a few shots, but not. You know, there was a couple dangerous times, but for the most part, you know, the penalty kill did what it's supposed to do. Um, I just I, I thought it was it, this was more of a playoff hockey game than game one. I mean, as, as exciting as game one was nine and, goals. And, and, I mean, you don't see that very much. Well, no. And, and, and but it was just a back and forth. I mean, four lead changes. Yeah. And yeah. It just the momentum flows and, and the right. type of goals and the fights and the physicality and power play goals and a shorthanded goal and just everything that went into game one 
It wasn't it wasn't your typical playoff hockey game. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if that was your first time ever watching hockey, what a phenomenal experience! You oh, had. it was so entertaining. It had everything. And how um, disappointing it might must be that every game is not like that. But, I know. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, this one was a different style. But yeah, game two was definitely more of a traditional playoff style, and, and you kind you know, Stephen Stamkos talked about this and others of you know, game one a lot of times has a feeling out process to it, right. and then you kind of right. settle into a series. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I think it was interesting that the Panthers chose to change goalies. I was going to say that. I mean, I I don't know. You know, Bobrovsky has been so good mm-hmm. for his career, and against this team when he was with Columbus, I know it's been mm-hmm. a couple years ago. But even last year, you know, he was very good. So uh, for Florida, so I, I I'm surprised that they went to a guy who, relatively speaking, has Lex experience, even though he played well, I guess, down the stretch. Well, he played well down the stretch. He also played very well against the Lightning this year. Yeah, um, and he played well tonight. I mean, uh, you know, which well, one I mean, of those yeah, goals? Which one of those yeah. goals you want him to have? I mean, the empty netter obviously doesn't count. One off a skate. Stamkos, you know. a, you know, it's a pass that goes off his own, you know, his, his own teammate's skate and Strawman. Right. Right. Um, you know, I mean, I, I thought I didn't think Bobrovsky played bad in game one, even though he gave up five goals. Yeah. Um, you know, he said three power play goals and a shorthanded backhander, you know, and then a breakaway from Braden Point. I mean, m- many goalies don't stop that one. So, I, you know, I, I, I think it was I mean, they've kind of had a one in one a all year. It's not like it's not like Dreger didn't play much this year. He did. And he was very good. Um, if you look at the stats, probably better than Bobrovsky. And and he did play very well against the Lightning. Granted, it was the Lightning without Nikita Kucherov. And and by the way, even tonight, and, and while he didn't you know score a goal or anything else, but when Braden Point and Nikita Kucherov are together on the ice, it oh, just magic. opens so much stuff up. Yeah, it, the puck just follows Nikita around the rink. It's it's amazing. Well, um, and you know that that goal by Palat on the follow up, Braden Point mm-hmm. hits the post, but yeah. it was Nikita Kucherov with that pass. Yep. That he makes a great pass and points Absolutely. with all the speed in the world, um, you know, tries to roof one and and then a great follow by Plot. So Nikita made that play. I mean, mm-hmm. he he played I think another twenty three, twenty four minutes. I mean, they are not really backing down on the fact that this guy. And I guess you could say, well, maybe it's fresh legs, but they're not backing down on the yeah. fact that this is his second game all year. Well, they went eleven and seven tonight, which was interesting too. And they brought Luke Shen in and took Matthew Joseph out. Right and, right. and while many people focused on, you know, well, it was so physical in game one, you want Luke Shen there, and he's very responsible in front of his net. Mm-hmm. You know, Luke, Luke's not as fast as a typical lightning player or defenseman, but he's very responsible in front of his net. I thought the move to 11-7 was more about, okay, Cooch is fine. Stamkos right. is right. fine. Now we want a double shift point. We want a double shift Kucherov. Mm. We want to get these guys on the ice more. Mm. More, you know, I think – Look, I think part of it was you know getting Shen in, and, and maybe it does help settle things down. And how responsible he is in front of his net too. You did give up yeah. four goals in game one, but I I think uh, 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 to me the more important part was okay. We don't have to protect Cooch now. We, you know he went out there. We know he's good. He's taking some hits. He did some hitting. We're good. Let's now let's play point and Kucherov more, or Pilat or name your forward, mm-hmm. Sorelli. I mean you know whoever you want to double shift more for that fourth line. Let's get these. Let's get our stars on the ice more. And so I, you know, I, I think a lot of people focus on bringing Shen in. I focus it more on you're Those comfortable with your, yeah, you're comfortable with Cooch and Stamkos, and now let's get them more shifts. Yeah, you know, Stamkos spending a lot more time. Of course, he takes a lot of face off, so he gets a lot of like power, penalty kill and time and that too. But yeah, I, I thought I thought that move was more about one adding another responsible defender in front of your net, but two double shifting guys like you know Cooch and Point. 
Well, not surprising that I mean, I guess that Kut- that uh, Kucherov is healthy because they they did the work, right? They gave him mm-hmm. the requisite time to heal from that sort of injury, and and he you know presumably could have played even earlier had the playoffs begun uh, a couple weeks or so ago. They gave him all the time he needed. So well, we've learned you know, the initial prognosis is they didn't think he'd be ready till about June first, right? Initially, that they thought it was going to be the second round before they had him back. But yeah, you know his work ethic, his pushing, his coming back. You know, and, and that's a typical time for that injury. We saw Braden Point do that a uh, year ago. If you remember, he missed the first couple of weeks of the regular season and then came back because he had had hip surgery after the season before. We've seen other players in the NHL. It's a typical timeline of that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but he came back, you know, I mean, he's so dedicated and quick and, you know, we always talk about the synthetic ice he's got in his garage and how many shots he shoots there all the time. He was doing that throughout rehab and stuff, too. So, you know, that that skill never left him. But the guy you weren't sure about, or at least I wasn't, was like, what about Stamkos? You know, we've seen mm-hmm. we've seen him try to come back before. Of course, last year, you know, he, he just had the, the one shift, really, and um, as dramatic a goal as that was, but but I, I I've been kind of watching him, thinking, you know, it, it, this is a this is a, a an injury that popped up late in the season. You know, uh, we don't know what it is exactly, but is it something that could be aggravated? You know, now that he's back on the ice and he looks like he's moving really well, and so I mean, those are all those are all positive signs. I mean, I think, you know, again, they they have such a, a great structure when they commit to it and they have done this now for years and years um they're so talented and um you know it's going to be hard for florida let's just put it that way it's going to be really hard for them to come back and win that many games but you know the, these things tend to change on a game or two so if, if florida were to come in here and play well and, and you know get it to 2-1 who's to say that they couldn't tie up the series but four out of five that's a big mountain to climb, especially against a team as, as talented and as experienced as this one. Well, don't forget, you come, you you know, say Florida comes in and wins on Thursday night, you're back about 36 hours later for Game Four. Yeah, right. And, you know, there's a short turnaround between Game Three and Four as well, so mm-hmm. um, that can affect. You know, I don't know how and players will always tell you momentum doesn't carry over game to game. Um, yeah. Momentum's kind of within a game, but confidence does. Right. And if Florida takes Game Three they're going to be confident going into game four, which is a very short turnaround. You're back on the ice quickly. Sure. So, um, you know, I mean, the math doesn't doesn't look pretty for, for Florida, but we also know in, in the NHL, you know, any of those leads are never 100% safe. It's and and Florida's a very good – I mean, you know, let's not forget Florida's, you know, was one of the top five teams in points this year. I mean, they're a good team. Right. Um, you know, I, I think some of their inexperience has shown a little bit, just playoff inexperience. Mm-hmm. Um, where, you know, there's not a team in the NHL more experienced in playoffs than this Lightning Corps. Well, and to the, to that point, look, I mean, you credit the Lightning for what they were able to do in game one, but, you know, if Florida had Lightning's experience when they got the lead, they close that game out, you know, and mm-hmm. that was the thing Quinville was talking about. You know, champions mm-hmm. learn uh, late in games when you, when, you, when you take the lead back. It's a one-goal a one game. You got to finish that. You can't allow a team to score twice and and walk out your your rink with with a win. Um, that's what the Lightning have learned to do. Um, one other thing about uh, that, that I think, and Cooper mentioned uh, Pat Maroon. <laughs> he shows up, man, in the best spots. Like he's just this bear of a dude that that sort of you know keeps the peace and and uh seems to make the right play all the time and and you know i don't know if he can skate all that well or if he's supposed to but 
um, it's nice having him out there as well. I thought it was funny. Uh, he did a kind of a chicken thing, not quite the Brian Boyle one. Right. Uh, to right. them. And then I, I, at the end, I like when uh, Blake Coleman and, and uh, Lomber got into it, and Coleman mm-hmm. kept pointing to the scoreboard <laughs> and then waved goodbye to him. Right. <laughs> Well, early on, I think it was Sergachev, I think uh, somebody tried to grab a hold of him, and he just basically said, hey, I'm not doing this tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm not, you know, kind of shook his head at the guy. And, and, it was Yanni and Gord pushed, did that early, too. Was yeah. it Yanni? Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. Put, he put, yeah, Yanni pushed him away. Yeah, it was Yanni. He pushed him away, and then the guy f- fell almost like a flop. In it. Yeah, and, and they were Yanni trying to get like, a penalty. I'm, yeah, I'm trying to get not, a penalty after it. Yeah, I'm, I'm just not going to do it. They could have gotten an embellishment, but I'm just not going to do this, you know. Mm-hmm. So they they were disciplined and and that's what that's what championship teams do. So, mm-hmm. but it, yeah, man, it, if you're it, it really helps when you get that you get that lead early. It oh, changes yeah, you're not the chasing whole game. The game. I mean, that was the other part is you know the Lightning had the lead early and they they mm-hmm. started locking it down quicker. Now, like I said, Florida pushed and and you know good on them. Although and Joel Quenville after the game, to his credit, he said, "Look, we need guys to be at their best and to get that we've got to push every envelope and we have to expect more of our players." I mean, he's challenging his yeah. players now. Right, that they haven't given enough, and not enough players are playing good enough right now. Right, um, and that's that's part of a young team learning this. I mean, I, I kind of think back to some of the Lightning teams of years past. Mm-hmm. You know, they had less experience, and you know, it, it, that's something you can't you can't just teach. It, you have to you know, acquire. You have to to know how to to do that and get through that. And, and you know, those scars of playoff losses past help you in the future. Yeah, they sure do, and they, they, the core of these guys are been through a lot of different things. So we'll see what happens. Uh, lightning up 2-0 in this Florida series, and um, you know what? They look like the Stanley Cup champions to me. I, I, it's 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 such a marathon. You got to win sixteen of yeah. these. Hey, wait, but, it's two down, fourteen but, to go still. Yeah, think <laughs> about that. Fourteen more, and uh, and they get they get hairier. You know what I mean? That's that's fourteen wins, not fourteen games. Who knows how many games they would have to play? Yeah, let's uh, see. Um, let's see. Last year, what they play? They played uh, twenty-two last year. Twenty? No, yeah. twenty-two last year. They okay. played twenty-six games in fifteen when they lost the Cup final to Chicago. Jeez. There's you can play a maximum of twenty-eight in the playoffs. Twenty-eight is the top. Yeah, four seven-game series. Sure, sure. They went two seven-game series and two six-game series that year. But then last year, yeah. you know, I mean, the five overtime, yeah. a couple other overtime. Yeah, well, I mean, this is what we haven't had yet in the series is an overtime game. But 216 minutes of overtime play. So that's, what, almost three and a half games? Mm-hmm. Over three and a half games worth of overtime? With to one add on to their tw- To add on to their 22 games. So Right, right. Yeah, I mean, you know, they, so that's, what, 25 and a half games, essentially, they played last year in the bubble yeah. for playoffs? With one, so one guy. One guy in net the entire time, so... Pretty yeah, I mean, impressive. That's, that's I mean, we've seen. Let's see. The Islanders won Game One and then switched goalies to Varlamov tonight, and the Panthers mm-hmm. went from Bobrovsky to Dreger, and the Lightning. It's Vasilevsky. I mean, that's yeah. you know the Lightning are. I don't say lucky. I mean, they drafted him and have groomed him and, and you know helped him and coached him. But Best in to the have world. that goalie back there, yeah. you know it. He makes everything easier. I mean, sure. you know, I mean, they. I, mean, I thought the Lightning's defense was good tonight, but when. When they do slip or when they do have problems, how many times does 88 erase it? So many times that you forget. You forget the breakaways. You forget the great stops that he makes in a, in a, in a one-goal game, which is, this was until the empty netter. So, yeah, he, he is – I mean, he is the reason you have a chance to win the Cup. I mean, you might have been a playoff team. 
there's some really good players on this team, but I don't, I don't know that you're a Stanley Cup team without them, that's for sure. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. So, meanwhile, across the across the way, maybe we can have nice things again this year. Maybe the Rays will go back to the World Series too. They're starting to heat up, especially their bats. They beat up on a on a downtrodden Orioles team, and I guess it was uh, Harvey on the mound uh, for the Orioles. But thirteen to six, as they continue swinging hot bats, none hotter, by the way, than Mike Zunino with two home runs. He's got ten Z on the season. Yeah, the Z man. The Z-Man, seven home runs in his last 15 games. You can't swing it any better than that. No, and, and look, he's been by far their most consistent hitter this year. He has. Um, mm-hmm. And he's giving you that pop that you, you know, that you were wanting last year, you know, that you just never saw consistently out of him, and he's giving it to you this year. I mean, you know, he's never going to hit 300 for you for a season or anything. I mean, you know, his job is to, to, to manage the pitchers behind the plate, Play a good game defensively, and then give you some pop at times. Right. He's doing that. He's doing all of it this year. And now he's. This is the catcher you had hoped you signed a couple of years ago. That this is what they wanted from him. Didn't always work out particularly offensively and, and consistently with his bat. But this year, wow! It's it's. I mean, you know, as poorly as this team has been batting for the first forty games or whatever they're into the season here. He, you know, he has made things. A, a lot easier and better. And that's not the guy you thought would be carrying your team at times. I mean, you know, there are times you need players to carry you and you think it's going to be a Brendan Lau. It's going to be a Randy Arozarena. You know, it's going to be a, a Joey Wendell even or somebody like that. Mm-hmm. Mike Zanino, fantastic. Yeah. When you get that out of your catching position, and, and maybe some of that's rubbing off on the team now. I mean, you know, it might the, be. the guy that's not supposed to be hitting and now all of a sudden Brett Phillips is hitting a three-run home run and right. Austin Meadows is hitting a three-run home run and you get a home run and you get a home run and you get a home well, run. Well, it takes, listen, it takes the pressure off of you. If you've got a guy who's hot like that, right, who's driving the ball and driving in runs and, 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 and having a, a, a great year or a great start, then not, you know, you don't feel like, hey, if I don't get a hit here, if I don't drive in these runs, we're going to lose. You know, it, it it's nice to have other people um, – get toasty as joe madden would say because you can go up there a little bit more relaxed and you know the other thing that has helped help, helped in just the last couple of days is g-man Choi coming back in the lineup mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know he went deep as well he hit one 400 feet so it lengthens the lineup um you know you're not expecting much from brett phillips but he comes up every now with a big clutch hit a walk-off hit a home run and and th- these home runs were with men on scoring you know in scoring position they had Three three-run homers, I believe, in this game. And, you know, that's a credit to them getting guys on and then and then getting the big fly. Um, you know, pitching-wise, I mean, their their bullpen was great. Uh, Louis Patino, Patino was not all that stellar. He, he's pitched better. He, he just kind of labored at the end there. A couple of runs given up that he had left on the base when, when the bullpen took over. Um, but they've managed to, you know, they've managed to spackle it together down there. I mean, the pitching is not been a problem now for some time and and with the you know you can see once they're able to produce some runs and they start to swing the bats a little bit better this this is such a tough team to beat now I'm not going to sit here and tell you the Orioles are any good because they're still not um but 
these are the teams that you go up and you kick the crap out of if you're the American League champions. You know what I mean? Like, you don't lose series to the Orioles. So, you know, if they can keep swinging the bats the way they are and the deep defense has been great pretty much the whole year, um, this is the race. This is the race team. And what I like about them is you're starting to see guys – you know, like I think they're going to probably push Patino. I mean, he went four plus innings. I think eventually he's going to get stretched out and be just a regular starter. You know, he's going to be a guy that's, uh, you know, that that's in the rotation. And so, you know, the bullpen that lengthens the bullpen, and we don't know where Chris Archer is going to fit in when he comes back. He may go down there. So you've got lots of options now with these young arms coming around, and you know, it's good to see. I mean, it, they always seem to come up with it, right? The pitching. The hitting is the thing that you that you wonder about, and they go through streaks where they're just not scoring any runs. But um, they they look they have that they have that confidence back. You know, you can kind of see sort of how they're getting through these teams. I mean, the Mets were a hot team; they swept them. They've had some series sweeps mm-hmm. already this season. They swept the Angels. By the way, is there a better player than Shohei Atani in the major leagues? And I don't mean this runs. year. How about how about in the last? 20 years, right? 14 I mean, home runs leading the majors. And he's a hell of a pitcher. Yeah. Yeah, he is. His ERA is about two, you know, right now. And it throws 100 miles an hour. I mean, I remember, you know, uh, a couple years ago, hasn't been that many, when 60 Minutes did a story on this Japanese teenager, basically. I think he was maybe 20 years old or 20-something years old at the time. Um who, you know, was was playing both ways. I mean, this was the big thing. This was the story, right? He was a star um, as a hitter, and he was a star as a pitcher that threw over 100 miles an hour at a time. And you kind of said, yeah, and the major leagues were salivating over him. But you were like, okay, let, let I don't think you can do both at this level in the big leagues. Well, guess what? And on a team that has Mike Trout, right, who's, who's now going to be out for about six to eight weeks with a cap injury, but a team that has Mike Trout comes up with this guy. Like, there's there is no two better players in baseball. I mean, Mike Trout is probably was generally regarded as the best player until now. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, you know, look, that's the reason they got rid of Albert Pujols with Shohei Otani. They yeah, ne- they needed to DH him. That's right, because they don't want him playing the field too much. But they mm-hmm. want his bat in the lineup, so they need to DH him. Which means if you want Pujols to play, he's got to play the field, and he can't play. And he the can't. Field. Right, I mean, we saw that in that Ray series. I mean, he can't move at first base or third base. Yeah, um, he's trying. I mean, but he's forty-one years old, and you know, he's just—he's not on the TB twelve diet, so uh, yeah. you know, it, it doesn't work. Uh, right. So you know, I mean, you know, he single-handedly—I shouldn't say single-handedly—they also have a first baseman, a young guy that they think is ready to play first too. But you know, that's why mm-hmm. you get rid of Albert Pujols, and, and you know, but just inc- incredible seeing what he does, and, and you know, you hope that the Rays' Brendan McKay can duplicate that to a point. Um, I don't know if he's yeah. quite as good as Shohei Otani in, in both regards, but, I mean, he's still trying, and you, you hope he can get to that level. So, I just don't – I mean, it, of course, it hasn't been done, right, at this level, but, mm-hmm. I mean, so that, that should speak for itself. But, I mean, if people had any idea, really had an idea of just how special this is, that, um, you know, to, to be able to get on a mound and get major league hitters out, I don't care how you do it, right? Throwing the ball, ninety-seven or whatever, but just to, to be a big league, major league pitcher is a whole career, a whole another thing. 
um, you know, you're a one tenth of one percenter. I mean, you are the best of the best. And then to have the same guy be able to get up there and lead the majors in home runs and and swing the bat the way he does, it's just not fair. I mean, it's just, I mean that 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 amount of talent in one body uh, for baseball. You know, this is not little league. This is not the guy that plays shortstop and pitches. You know what I mean? Like, this is the major leagues. You're not supposed to be able to do this. Um, it's crazy. I mean, it, and it, the only thing that's that's sad is that he plays he plays in Anaheim. He plays in Los Angeles, and you know you have to stay up till ten thirty at night to see his games. Can you imagine if he were a New York Yankee or a Boston Red Sox? You know, where everybody got to watch him every night. I mean, it would be even a bigger story. I know it's a big story in baseball. It's a big story around. But but even so, being on the West Coast, you know, well, you, you got to stay up pretty late to see them. I think even a bigger shame than that is he's on Anaheim or Los Angeles or yeah. They stink, and they have for years. Mike right. Trout's career is wasting there. Sort of, I mean, yeah. You don't get to see him in, in the postseason. You're not seeing him. Play right. in the American League Championship Series you're, or the I mean, World Series. And, the Rays swept them. I mean, if that gives you any yeah. barometer. I mean, I mean, you know, but they, I mean, they've been bad for years, and they're four games under five hundred this year again. Right. And now they're they've lost Trout for six to eight weeks. Yeah. I mean, they just it's a team that has some tremendous stars. I mean, Pujols, although the last few years has not been nearly as good, mm-hmm. but but Trout, but they just can't figure out a way to field a winner. You know, well, they got Joe Madden. That's Joe Madden's job, I guess. Well, I but know. you got to have the players too. And, you yeah. know, do they have enough pitching? Do they have enough? No. You know, I mean, and that—that's the shame of it. Is is not only are you know, is it late at night to see Trout and Shohei Otani? But, but it's on a team that doesn't win, much, so they don't, they don't, they don't show them much either because they're, yeah. they're not winning. I mean, they're not good teams to watch. Right, right, and and that is sad. But but I mean, for for the fans in, in uh, of the Angel fans and and people just out on the West Coast. Boy, to be able to watch those guys is just is just tremendous. So, and also uh, speaking of you know players that are old like Albert Pujols, although not a player, Tony Larusa. Did you see his comments tonight? Mm-mm. So I didn't see the game, but I'm following it on Twitter and such because I'm working the Lightning and paying attention to the Rays and everything else. But so apparently the Twins Duffy throws behind Yerman Mercedes late in the game. That's that's out of hand. Throws behind him. Behind, like behind him, behind him. Yes, yes. Yeah, intentionally. Yes. obviously. They threw out Rocco Bedelli, threw out the pitcher. Okay. So Tony Larusa is the manager of the White Sox, mm-hmm. whose player got thrown at or thrown okay. behind. All right. His quote: "I wasn't that suspicious. I'm suspicious when someone throws at someone's head. I didn't have a problem with how the Twins handled that." Hmm. Which team are you managing? Way to stick up for your players. <laughs> I mean. Uh, I guess I guess you could say on the one hand he was glad that he didn't throw at his head that that's always not where you want to throw a ball especially if you're trying to plunk somebody but really is that is that so old school I don't even know it that's not yeah <laughs> that's mean, not exactly that's not exactly hey we got a stable of guys that throw a hundred you know what I mean that's not exactly like a a threat there but you know I mean it, it might just be the old school uh, Larusa, who recognizes when you know it, 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 there comes a time when the other guy is going to throw at you, and if he does, you you respect the fact that he didn't try to hurt you. <laughs> I mean, I guess. I mean, thank I don't you know. for not hurting me. Um, yeah, I guess. I guess. I'm just like, what? What? What team did you manage again? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's sounds like he's the other. He should be speak. The, the other manager should have. You know, Baldelli should have said that about his guy. Um, there was another baseball story which I thought was interesting is that, of course, we know that uh, Yoshi Susugo now with the uh, L.A. Dodgers 
uh, along with Albert Pujols. So did you see so, where so the team that has no DH in their league? Yeah, just signed two, two guys now. that can't play the field <laughs> exactly or hit <laughs> apparently. Although, well, they're hoping Pujols, they can fix the hitting part, but well, they're not going to fix they're, the fielding part. <laughs> no, yeah, or the or the lack of athleticism on <laughs> on uh, on on one of them. But the thing that um, that I think it was either Freeman, one of those guys with the Dodgers, said that that oh no no we think we can fix Yoshi and and furthermore we've looked at some of the tape and you know he was he was not he's not swinging the bat or setting up the way he did when he was having all his success and we think we found something and we can fix him. Is that a slam against the Rays? I mean, do they not look at tape too? Well, did they not go back and say, hey, this is what you did when you were, you know, crushing it over in Japan? Oh, by the way, they don't have guys, the stable of people in Japan that throw the velocity that they have, you know, in Major League Baseball. But that aside. Maybe um, it's a slam on the Rays, although the Rays more than anyone look at tape and say, hmm, we'll take this guy who's, you know, got a six ERA at this team and make him to somebody that's, you know, now a one ERA coming out of the bullpen in your A right. bullpen every night. I mean, that's right. what, I mean, Andrew Friedman started that here for the Rays. I know. I, I, I know. don't think that's... it was a slam at the Rays. I think more than anything, it's a slam at Susugo. Well, but, I mean, if you're talking about mechanically, I mean, that yeah. was the thing that got me was they were well, talking about, like, well, we've seen something in his swing that we think yeah. we can correct. I well, mean, but the other question is, did the Rays see it and try to correct it, and he doesn't correct it? Well, that's possible, yeah. I mean, you know, you've all, you know, I mean, you can lead a horse to water. You can't make him right. drink. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe it's a little slam at the Rays, although that's not Andrew Friedman's style, per se. Yeah. Um, you know, considering how many trades they make with the Rays and everything else, I mean, the Rays more than anyone in baseball are the ones who find guys that everyone thinks is washed up or can't play, and yeah. boom, they're you know all of a sudden everyone else is trading for those players, and then they go somewhere else and can't do anything. <laughs> I'm not surprised that Yoshi got another shot, and 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 Freeman's the type of guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the Dodgers have obviously not; uh, they've had some injuries that have not fulfilled nearly what I mean. People had them yeah. winning 110 games this year, which might have been unrealistic, but. Um, you know, let's let's not think that just because he's wearing a new uniform that everything is all right with Yoshi. If it was all right with Yoshi, he'd still be here. It's a low cost. Ri- I mean, there's no risk to it to the Dodgers. No, I mean, you might catch whatever, lightning in a bottle. It's going to cost you what you know? five hundred thousand dollars to for the minimum yeah, salary. A minor league you know? player. I mean, for the Dodgers, that's chump change. I mean, yeah. the Rays, that's a big investment. But sure, the Dodgers. I mean, you know, that that's easy. So I mean, it's a, I mean, same with pool holes. They're low risk. Yeah, low, you know. Cost you very little money compared to what the Dodgers pay players. No, oh, they got that. They got and that so, in the couch. You know, trust it, me. It's, it's it's a you know if it doesn't work out, you DFA them. I mean, right? It you know costs you a half mil each. I mean, for them, that's nothing. Right. Well, I, I like I like the way um, you know having G Man uh, in that lineup kind of lengthens it, and mm-hmm. he's obviously a, a good hitter and just brings a lot of life to the clubhouse and. You know this this Rays team. I mean, they they you know with with Phillips getting the occasional big hit, a home run here or there. It really you know, and then you know Zanino, who is usually your your second half of the lineup guy or bottom of the lineup guy, smashing home runs. I mean, all of a sudden they turn it over pretty quick. So um, it's been fun to watch. So on tomorrow's show, we're going to have my former radio partner Tom Jones of the who? Pointer Institute. Yeah, who? TJ's back from vacation. Thomas back is back. And better than ever. Yeah, yeah, he is. Or his staycation, I should say. He didn't go anywhere. He said he did absolutely nothing and loved it, and is ready to take it, another yeah. week of vacation. Yes, <laughs> I mean that's that's those are the best ones for Tom. A lot of Judge Judy, um, Mr. Ed, 
<laughs> yeah, well, maybe if it's still on. But yeah, the old Perry Mason, you know, oh, all yeah. those. Murder, she wrote. Um, you watching that too? Sure. Uh, yeah. What was it? What was it? It was, uh, I used to love, I mean, you know, Pat Summerall, of course, on Sunday nights, it was like, Coming up next after the football game, it'll be 60 minutes followed by murder, she wrote on this <laughs> CBS. I just loved it. Um, anyway, Angela Lansbury, what an actress. So we're going to have Tom Jones, and he's written a story, which I'm quoted in, that we'll get into a little bit, and that is uh, sort of talking about covering sports in a pandemic and why we need to get back why well, we need to get back to covering sports the way we used to. And hopefully uh, with the vaccines and things, this will allow us to do that. Uh, I think the teams have really enjoyed controlling the message. But we're going to talk about it and tell you why that's actually bad for their teams um, and, and why we need to get back to telling stories and, and making relationships that lead to that good stories uh, and information, most of, most of all, because you build trust that way. So, We'll discuss that a little bit as as well as other things. And then, of course, you know, in a couple of days, Thursday, it'll be the Lightning in Game 3 at Emily Arena. You'll have fans. Uh, what are they saying? About 9,000 or so? 7,000. 7,000. 7,000. Okay. Well, even that, I, I think the, the players are really excited um, that, you know, having gone down to Sunrise and, and listened to the crowd, which was jacked up. It's just great. You know, they played in the bubble last year. It's just great for them to be part of that atmosphere. So I think – they're really looking forward to coming home. And, of course, you know, uh, having more people in the building will be fun. And it's playoff hockey, so it's always always pretty juice. So got a lot left on the show. Thanks for listening. Um, we have some more mailbag questions we'll get into during the week if, you, if we didn't get to yours the other day. Um, so just know that you can submit those to us anytime you want to. But for Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 